everyone. Welcome back to the Wine Down with Wine and Wisdom podcast. We are glad that you're here. Um, today's episode is a topic that's kind of heavy. Uh, today we're going to discuss family planning, pregnancy, the journey, the highs and the lows that are part of that journey. Um, this is something that this topic is not op- is often under discussed. Um, and it's something that many women and couples face when trying to, you know, expand their families. Uh, Jasmine and I both have struggled with this journey and hope that by sharing our experiences, we can help someone else who may be going through their own journey. Definitely, definitely. Um, I feel like this is a topic that's very dear to our hearts. This is actually something that we wanted to kind of move into, get y'all acquainted with us first, and then hit you with the heavy things, things that people often don't want to talk about or feel like they're alone. So this is the space for that. Um, And like Jazz said, really just to share, share our experiences and help others. um, Because if you are someone that's struggling in this area, it can feel like you're the, the only one or why me, why is the world against me? Um, but as we'll we'll discuss today, it's actually something that impacts people at different points in different ways. Uh, so we hope that this is helpful, but kind of wanted to give the disclaimer that this this episode is going to be a little little different from um, the first two. So with that, we're going to go ahead and get the conversation rolling. Um, so I, I'll start. Um, I actually have. Um, been on the pregnancy journey for a while. Uh, my husband and I have been married almost 11 years, and that's just a question that when people see you, that's the first thing they're going to ask. Like, oh, do you have kids? Do you have kids? And uh, people don't realize how triggering or loaded that question can be for people. Um, especially, it sounds like just a normal question to ask ask someone that is just like a, a light question, but it's really not. Um, earlier this year, I actually, uh, we actually um, had a miscarriage and it was definitely the darkest time um, in my life. And because it had taken so long to get to the point of even getting pregnant, like the mental strain that comes along with wondering, is this the month? wondering it's not going to be the month, just all the different things that you start thinking about. Uh, so for us to finally get to what we thought was, you know, our happy ending, so to speak, and then for it to end so traumatically, so quickly, really just, it shook me to my core. Um, it was something that was very difficult for me to process. It was difficult for my husband to process, of course. And in that moment, I, I did feel you feel alone. You feel like, why me? You know, how could this happen? Until you actually start reading, educating, and learning more about how frequently it actually happens. Um, And I don't want to say that I was ignorant or dumb to the fact that pregnancy loss is is a thing or that it occurs, but you kind of just don't. I don't want to say you don't think it can happen to you, but at a certain point, you're just, you know, you're like, okay, Finally, God, like, I, you've, I, this has finally happened. Like, there's no way that this is going to end this way. Um, so just for my own personal stories, to give a little bit of background, um, I when I found out I was pregnant, I, you know, kind of had a lot of 
ups and downs um, during the first couple of weeks, kind of in and out of the ER with different issues and things like that. And unfortunately, um, at 10 weeks, you know, I, I fully miscarried, but I was not prepared for the full trauma of what that would look like, what that would feel like. I had never felt like I was in such a dark space in my life. And I think the hardest thing was people wanted to show up for me and be there for me, but I, I didn't even know how to tell people how to be there. Um, and some people didn't necessarily show up because they just didn't know how. Like it's, it's such a, a hard topic, especially with someone that you care about and you know they've been struggling, you know, on their on their pregnancy journey. So for them to actually get there and then for the lo- the journey to end in loss. It was hard for everyone around me to to process and to deal with. Um, and something that I think people don't talk about enough is how alone you feel in that moment and how dismissive the medical system can be. Like doctors just like, oh, this happens all the time. You know, you could try again as soon as you heal, all these things. And in that moment, you're just like, you know, why are you just dismissing this? Like this just like this didn't just happen. And I understand now looking back, but that's their job. I see it all the time. But as the mom to be in that moment, the dad to be, like the couple going through that, it's just kind of like, wow, um, it's just talked about so commonly, almost as if like it's not your life crumbling in front of your face. Um so that that is a bit about kind of what what my journey was this year. Um and it honestly took me every bit of, I guess, about nine to 10 months uh, after healing to kind of pick myself back up. And like I couldn't process the thoughts of trying again. Like I didn't want to. Like just, I had so such a traumatic experience that it, it was just hard for me to even think about doing that, um, doing that again. And that's what really prompted this episode because I will let Jasmine share her own experiences but she and I have been in the same family for years and I never knew that she had had her own struggles so that was something that brought us closer together this year because she you know was able to really reach out to me early on and I think you told me like and I know it feels like you won't make it now but like yeah you, you will like definitely um so I'll, I'll kind of pause there with uh, with my story and let Jazz kind of add in her, her takes. Yeah, so the crazy part about it is I think that people just assume if you already have children, you didn't experience that type of journey or anything like that. But honestly, I feel as though um, it was a God-given situation for Kim and I to actually meet and understand each other on a deeper level, especially with this situation here, because it's like, even though I have three children, I experienced my journey later on in life um, versus it being the first situation where I lost the first one. So it was our last two that we lost. So I feel like being able to just um, have the same journey, but also experience it in different ways and different periods of life, I think that allowed us to be able to help each other as well, because I feel like if we both would have experienced it in the same, you know, situation where it's like, that was my first child and I still didn't have any versus Kim, you know, this was her first child and, you know, she still wanted to have him. 
I don't think I would be able to be as much help to her. But I can truly attest to the fact that a lot of us have experienced it, but that doesn't mean that you can't have kids at all. You know, yeah. so it's like me having three priors, like, okay, I knew that I could get pregnant, everything I didn't want to have anymore. But at the same time, you know, even going through that is still a traumatic experience because of all the things that you experience during the process. You know, you having to go to the doctor, you having to, you know, deal with all of this, this medical stuff that you're dealing with. And nobody thinks to say, okay, well, let's bring in a specialist or somebody to talk to them to see where they are mentally, not just physically, because it is a drain mentally, physically, spiritually, all of the above. And people don't ever really just think about the fact that, okay, you know, your, t- your body got to heal. They'll tell you, okay, your body got to heal. Yeah, but what about my mind? What about my spirit? What about me feeling doubtful and helpless? So I feel like we were able to just experience that um, on different levels, different periods of time. And uh, with me, I feel as though having other children made it a little bit more difficult because it's like you're having to deal with three kids already and then you're experiencing this situation where you still got to physically show up for them. You still got to mentally show up for them. They don't understand the situation at hand. It's just like, I need my mommy right now. So I'm like, I wasn't... I wasn't good for myself. I wasn't good for them in the first few months of that. And I think it is something that I kind of just put on the back burner until I realized I was like, this is something you got to deal with. This is something you got to heal from it. This is something you got to talk about. This is something that, you know, really, uh, really did something to you. And you just really kind of just zoned out and didn't think about it. Well, cause I don't want to say you block it out or like just black out the time. I think it's just because there's so much going on in that moment, especially if you do already have other children, that you're literally just in survival mode. Yeah, yep. Um, and I, I say this to say, I want people to be aware and stop asking questions to people of like pl- family planning questions because people don't understand how like loaded those questions can be. Um, and like, you don't know if you're triggering someone every time you ask that question. So like, it took me months before I could talk about it without bursting out, you know, in the tears. And of course, when it happened, it was traumatic for me. It was traumatic for everyone around me. It was especially traumatic if people didn't, were not educated on miscarriage and pregnancy loss and pregnancy drama. I mean, trauma and journeys and like just the highs and lows of it. So that also is kind of hard in my circle because like you're trying to be okay for yourself. And then I'm also like trying to make sure everybody else around me is kind of okay and and processing. And maybe that, you know, that's just me. I didn't have to be worried about everybody else, but I was because it was hard for everybody because um, it it was just such a a shock because again, like I said, it had been so long and we tried on and off for years and for it to finally happen it just kind of felt like okay god finally and then like when everything kind of kind of felt like it's ripped away from you yeah and that's the thing it's like me showing up for you uh really helped me to realize that we a lot of things we don't we don't understand and we kind of take it for granted because I honestly didn't think about how how much trauma you can cause someone just asking them that question And by talking to you, I realize it and I'm like, I make it very, very, um, 
I make it a habit of not asking people. If they don't have children, I don't ask them about when they're going to have children. Well, I think it's something that people need to think deeper about. Because even if someone has made the choice not to have children, if they want to have children and they can't or they're trying to, if they already have kids, like it's just something that I just don't think that family planning and how many kids you do or don't have is something that should be a common discussion like we say i'm like oh well, is it gonna rain tomorrow like right. that's not a casual that's, conversation that's not a casual and, and, and like and strangers will ask you like you can be like my husband and i experienced something recently we were just you know out to dinner and a couple was sitting not next to us like they you know were a nice couple we were just kind of casually talking because they got sat ne- at the table next to us and that was like one of the first questions they asked after the ice kind of broke like oh well, do you have kids and like at, coming off of this year and having gone through the miscarriage trauma early this year and it's like the first the first thing that I want to say every time somebody asks me that now is like I want to give a very blunt answer mm-hmm. honestly I'll say well no I don't but my 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 baby passed you know right. my baby died but I realized that that's not helpful so I I had asked God to help me for something to respond to the questions because they're not gonna stop coming no it's just the way society is. So instead of just saying, oh, no, we don't have kids yet, I, I say something along the lines of, well, it's been a journey, but, you know, we're just living life and enjoying, you know, enjoying our life while we're on the journey or something like that. And it kind of makes people kind of back up like, mm-hmm. oh, there must be something happening or going right. on because you want, and it just, again, just being brutally honest, I wanted to make, coming off of that miscarriage, I wanted to make people feel as uncomfortable is they made me feel and right. asking me that question. Right. So <laughs> that was initially what I wanted to do. Was that was that the right response? No, I'm just being honest. So that was my human nature. But I want you to feel as uncomfortable asking you, me that question that as you're, you're making, making me, me feel. And that's a part of healing. You know what I'm saying? It's a part of healing because even in, in my situation, you know, people ask, oh, okay, are these your only three? And I'm like, is that really a question you want to ask me? I'm going to hope you don't be mad at me for doing that. No. I want Jazz to explain or talk about her tra- trauma. Cause she said two, but I want you to talk. They were twins. Yeah, they were twins. So I'm like, you know, it's not just like, okay, you, you lost one and then you got pregnant again and you lost the other one. No, this was a situation. I didn't know I was pregnant. So I was just thinking, okay, well, this is my normal cycle. Yada, yada, yada. I'm just bleed heavy and didn't know that I had some type of thing called vanishing twin syndrome. So it was like that one never developed none of that. And so it was just an empty sack. And then I moved on to the fact of knowing, okay, here's the other one. It's still alive, yada. But at the same time, that one didn't make it. I was like, I don't know. I don't even know how far along it was. Maybe 10, 11 weeks or so. And they were like, okay, no heartbeat. And so to go through that traumatic experience of not, you know, hearing a heartbeat, knowing that this one probably won't make it, and you just sitting there on the table like, okay, what do we do next? And so they were like, well, we'll just see if this baby here develops. So that baby never developed, and I end up miscarrying that one. And then after the fact, it's like there's still a sack from the other child. So I had to wait until that sack passed. And it's just like, yo, like I'm dealing with this months and months, you know, um, going to the doctor, doing ultrasounds. And it's just, it's constantly bringing up like, okay. You can't, Here we go. you can't move forward. You cannot move forward until you get rid of this. And so. And you won't say get like, but I don't think something I want that I was not fully educated on was even when that happens, your body literally heals 
like it delivered a full baby. A full baby. And so even though, I mean, even though the healing process is definitely drastically different from like a full term pregnancy, yeah. your body still is going through a lot for at least about a month to two yeah. months of healing. And like I said, the doctors want to do ultrasounds. They want you to do blood work, mm-hmm. check your hormone levels and make sure things are regulating the way that they should. And I remember being in the ER the night that the miscarriage was happening. I knew something was wrong. Like you just had women's intuition. Mm-hmm. And we had just had an appointment. Um, we, it was in the ER on Saturday. We had just had an appointment the Monday before, I think. Um, and everything was fine. There was a heartbeat. Baby was growing. Everything was fine. And then all of a sudden, I kept starting to have, like, the bleeding and different things like that. And then I remember sitting in the ER, and the ultrasound technician um, – she, you know, did the ultrasounds and stuff. And I remember her looking at me and she said, oh, are you here by yourself? And in that moment, I was like, okay, there's something definitely wrong. I was like, no, right. my husband's because uh, they didn't let um, my husband come back with me um, for the ultrasound. So I remember sitting there thinking like, okay, there's definitely something wrong. And so by the time I actually got, you know, to a doctor, uh, they confirmed that there was, there was no heartbeat mm-hmm. anymore. And it's really hard to accept because you like, how could that, like, it was just the heartbeat and then there wasn't. But then something that helped me it, with that was like, I mean, not to be brutal, but that's literally how death is. Like people pass. true. You are literally breathing one minute and then and you're they, not. And yeah. so like, I kind of had to process it that way. But I think the other thing is like just the health care and things that are available. And we're black women, so mm-hmm. everybody sees the, t- the statistics about maternal health for the black community. I'm not going to dig into that, but I was sitting there, um, and I'm in Texas with these great laws we have, and I was sitting there praying to God that I didn't need some procedure yes. that they wouldn't allow me to have. So in the midst of being crumbled and crushed <laughs> that my baby was gone, I'm now like, okay, you just have to keep it together for the moment to ask the doctor the questions that you need to ask Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're okay. And uh, I don't think, even if you had been in a situation like that before, I just think that'd be traumatic for anybody. And it's hard on your husband too, like trying to go through it. It's it's not just you, it's their baby too. You know, so it's just a lot. And it's, um, I wish it was discussed as much or more as how people try to push pregnancy and family planning on people it's really a lot that goes along with it because sometimes it doesn't always end in a happy ending and I think you have to go into it open-minded knowing like it might not be as easy as I thought it was I might get pregnant and then it might end in loss or maybe you get pregnant and it's all happy and glorious like every journey is different every pregnancy is different but I think people should have more awareness of the full spectrum of what um family planning and pregnancy can be just like on a couple and, and on someone's mental mental capacity. And we're not even talking about like taking care of anybody after they right. get here right. in this economy and how expensive things are. We're just literally talking about the mental pieces and the physical pieces that like go into maybe even trying to just get pregnant. Like I remember for so many years, I was like, God, if I could just see a positive pregnancy test, like I'd just fall out. Like, right. You know, <laughs> Um, so yeah, and that, and the crazy part about that is, you know, like I said, we were in two different spaces with this situation because having children before and it's like 
even having them, you know, carrying them to full term, your mind is constantly thinking about, I got to keep this person alive for nine months. You know yeah, what I'm saying? The mental strain during pregnancy is, is rough. It's rough. I did not. You, I was not prepared. No. I would tell anybody in any second. I was not. I was. I literally turned into like a shell of my former. Like everybody knew me. And they know I'm out going. I'm usually at the gym. I'm here. I'm there. And I knew that I would have to slow down and things like that. But I literally like. I wouldn't even go in my, I work at home and I, uh, most of the time, and I wouldn't even go in my office and work. I was like, if I just sit in the bed and be still, like, maybe it'll all be okay. And that's the thing, and that's why, you know, and then you go through that whole situation of guilt, you know, what did I do? Or what did I not do? I still do that. I, I know. And, and, and I tell you all the time, and I'm like, it, it wasn't your fault. You know, things happen, you know, and a lot of things happen. We will never understand the reasoning behind it until maybe a few you know, years later down the line and you say, okay, well now, you know, I have my rainbow baby or now this is what's going on in life. And I'm, I feel like I'm better prepared for the mental strain and all of this, these different things, because when we had our children, we were not prepared like at all, <laughs> mentally, financially, none of that. They just, they just got here. You figured it out. You figured it out along the way. And I tell Kim that all the time, I'm like, you know, at least y'all are in a place where you can give the children what they need, you know what I'm saying, and not have to struggle throughout the, the journey with them because that is a whole different ballgame. People don't realize you have to worry about childcare. You have to worry about having a support system. You have to worry about making sure the children have everything that they need. And it's a constant situation you're constantly thinking about it i mean we took a trip to target yesterday and i think if i wouldn't have had kim there i probably would have just been like you know what we're not even gonna get no clothes today because i couldn't find what i needed everything was scattered she was like okay jazz i'll go over here and look for this and i'm like yeah people don't realize that you have to have a support system to say okay on those days when you're overloaded overwhelmed overstimulated you need to have people in your corner to say okay let me help you with this you know, it takes a village and people, you know, they'll say, oh, well, I don't need no help. You know, you got these kids by yourself. You need, I'm like, no, that's BS. Because if we look at the fact that when we were growing up, our grandparents were there, aunties and uncles and cousins. And it's like, now we're in a society where it's like, okay, if you don't reach out for help, then you don't get help. And I'm like, why should I have to ask you when you see me struggling? Like, that's just common knowledge. It's like, if you see somebody struggling with their children, say, hey, you know, what can I do to help? But people don't do that anymore. And so even having, you know, husbands, I don't think we talk about that enough. It's like, okay, yeah, I have a husband, but they can only do so much because they don't have that motherly instinct. So it's like, okay, I'm still going to have to tell you the baby needs a bottle. The baby needs to be changed. The baby this. And it's like people don't realize that that is emotionally draining for people. And our kids are, they're all, they're like stair steppers. They're like right behind each other. So it's like time I had one, then here comes another one. Then oh, there's another one. And it's like, you're dealing with all three of them at the same time. And you got pull-ups and diapers and all of this stuff. And I feel like the beginning part of my motherhood journey was very stressful for me because I was in my early twenties and I'm like, I'm still figuring, figuring out my life. Like I don't even understand the whole concept of dealing with a baby. So for the first six months of Sky's life, I was like, I wasn't even there mentally. It's like my sister did everything. So I'm like, I don't even remember. I don't even, I remember bringing her home and then six months later. Did you have postpartum? I did. And it, it's like, I think, 
I had it to a point where I blocked everything out. Like I knew I loved her. I knew that she needed to eat. But for that first six months, I, I didn't do nothing. I was like, y'all deal with her. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, I think that goes into, I don't think people fully, I don't want to say fully appreciate, but I don't think people really think about all the hormonal stuff that women go through. No. It's like, like your hormones are doing something before you even know you're pregnant. That's kind of what starts letting you know yep. like something's going on because your body just feels weird. Yep. Then, of course, I know you got like the ups and downs, like while you're pregnant. Then after you deliver, now your body got to try to regulate itself in a whole different way. Mm -hmm. And then you throw in, if I'm going to nurse, if I'm going to pump, or whatever you choose to feed your baby, like, all of that is emotional. And it's a strain on your husband, too, because they, <laughs> men want to help. They do. But in that situation, in any, in any version of the situation, whether it's a loss, whether it's just getting through the pregnancy, whether it's delivery, now the baby's here, they don't know what to do. No. Even if they've been through it before, they and men's natural nature is to fix. They want yeah, to fix, fix it and make it okay. And especially going like pregnancy loss, that's something that you're, like your husband, they can't fix it. They can't fix it. And that, that's like, maybe that's something we can talk about at some point. Um, on another episode but I I know for men people tend to think about only the woman but mm -hmm. for men it's hard too because they have to watch their wives go we'll through whatever you're going through watching you hooked up to whatever right. in the hospital getting poked and prodded and you and know they become helpless at that point and men and are, they don't know what to do they don't know what to do and then by them being protectors by nature it's like okay well I can't even protect her in this moment so now I'm vulnerable and I'm like, okay. And also dealing with their own emotions. Oh, their own emotions because for for me, it was so weird because years later, my husband and I discussed it and I didn't realize it bothered him. You know, I was like, oh, well, you know, I guess he just, he's okay with it. But later on, I realized that he wasn't okay. I don't think you thought he was okay. I did, Kim. You did. Like, like, you knew he was not okay, but he, he probably in the midst of it with already three kids. It was just too much to even I guess about. it was too much. And then it's just like, I mean, we know, you know, that certain men, they, they deal with their emotions in a weird way. So it was like, you kind of just move on with life. And then I guess finally he had some type of epiphany. I was like, dang, this really did bother me, you know? And so he finally expressed to me, you know, how he felt about the situation and the fact that he still, he misses them, even though they didn't make it, you know what I'm saying? And that right there, that helped me to heal a lot more because I had closure with the fact that I wasn't alone in the yeah. situation. And I don't think people talk about that. And everybody knows that I'm, I'm very transparent, you know, when it comes to marriage and things like that. It's like, you can be married to a person for years and still not really fully know them. And so people are always evolving and changing. Always evolving and, cha and changing. So I really felt like that brought us closer because I'm like, okay, now this is something that we can heal from together and get through this. And so we finally made the decision. We were like, we just don't want anymore. We don't want to keep going through this because I told him, I say, once you experience that, you don't want to experience that anymore. Yeah. So it's like, now, Especially because you already had three. We already had like, three, right. I don't want to keep putting my body through this. So I was like, okay, let's just shut it down. But nobody prepares us for the fact that if you do shut down the baby factory, that also deals with, you know, your hormones and all these different things. So now they don't tell you about what it's going to cause in the future. They just say, okay, well, you're done having children. Are you sure? Sign your name on the dotted line. And they know, they never provide you with the necessary 
tools and education to say, okay, this is what could possibly happen after this surgery, or this is how you can feel, you know, after this. And so I still deal with mood swings and things like that. And the surgery was like three or four years ago. So I think that that's something that, you know, this podcast is, we can't fix the problem, but we can bring up, you know, the issue and talk about the awareness and educate people on what's really happening. Well, because I think that was the biggest thing for me. I had no idea how many people in my direct circle, whether <laughs> it was a close friend, a friend's mom, a friend's grandma, mm-hmm. or somebody like, I mean, there were so many people that after we kind of felt comfortable, well, we had not told a lot of people, but right. the people that did know that would reach out and say, oh, I went through that, or my mom went through that, or whoever went through it, and, you know, it's going to, because in that moment, you just don't feel like it's going to be okay ever. Right. So there was, I was surprised by so many people, how many people had gone through that in my direct circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of made me like start to research and I'm an information type person. I wanted to understand whatever I could understand. Not that I was looking for answers because I knew there really want, wouldn't be an answer because when that happens, the doctors don't, they don't do any work to try to see why it happened or anything like yep. that. Uh, I think insurance doesn't really cover it unless this happened so many times or something like that. So you're just left with no answers. You're just like, okay, my body is healing like it should, but why did that happen? Like, is there something that I could do to prevent it from happening again? And unfortunately, you just don't get a lot of answers when it's your first pregnancy loss. So hearing other people share their stories and whether it was they shared their story and they already had had a successful pregnancy following that or, you know, whatever their story was, it just helped to know, okay, I'm not alone. Um, and I think that's why you see so many more women now sharing about pregnancy loss, like even in like celebrities and like Hollywood mm-hmm. and stuff like that. People are just talking about it more because it really is, um, it's an unfortunate thing that happens, but people need to know that it happens. And when it does happen or if it does happen to someone it's not your fault like I just said a minute I still struggle with replaying that month in my head of like what was what did I do what did I do do this but I I mean I I know my husband tells me all the time everybody around so you did nothing like I I literally wasn't moving I didn't move I didn't eat nothing I wasn't supposed to eat I didn't read wrong like (laughs) I literally did absolutely nothing but I think that just kind of goes to talk about the mental strain and stress that you're going through like the guilt that you feel and I felt that for so long that um I had actually really considered going to therapy because I just couldn't shake it like it was something that it consumed my mind every day like mm-hmm. I could barely work I could barely keep my mind focused on anything like as soon as I could I threw myself back in the gym because that's just always like stress relief for me and I would try to kind of use that to kind of be the one time a day that like, my mind wasn't thinking about, well, why did it happen? What happened? What did I do? Like, I, my mind was always racing. And um, kind of when I had gotten to my wits end, and I was, you know, I was researching therapists. I had asked a couple of friends uh, for, like, you know, how, how do you, I wanted a black therapist. So I was like, how do you find a black therapist? Like, different things like that. And um, I remember praying, and I was like, okay, God, like, I can't deal with this. Like, I can't carry it. I don't know why this happened to me. Um, I went through periods where I was really mad at God because like, I'm a Christian, so I didn't understand how, why, how could you? I mean, I, again, just we're just being honest. Yeah, being honest. I mean, and that's the thing with with me is like, like I said, even after 
having these three and then experiencing that situation, I still ask God, like, why did you even, you know, allow me to get pregnant again, knowing that they wouldn't make it? You know, because I'm like, this is something that I didn't even ask for. I didn't want any more kids in the first place. And then to end up pregnant and then you start to bond with these children, you're like, dang, you know, and then now it's just like, okay, they're, they're gone. Now I got to heal from this. Now this is something that, you know, I just got to deal with. And so years later now, I realize I'm like, that was an experience I had to experience for not only myself, but other people. Because it was a way for Kim and I to actually connect. And I don't take it for granted at all. Because it was something that, you know, we, I tell people all the time, if you never experience, you know, tragedy and trauma in life, you never know the true power of God. So I really feel like that was something that drew me closer to God because I'm like, okay, this is something. You have no natural strength. You have no natural strength. It is supernatural. This is something that can only come from him to be able to get through that. And now I just feel like, okay, this is something that we can carry, you know, with us and say, hey, if this is something you're experiencing, let's sit down and talk about it. Well, and I mean, the fact that you went through it, got through it, and now that we're both on the other side, mm-hmm. if you know someone else that's going through it or someone, you know, you you never know who's going to cross your path. And that was the same for me. I never knew who's going to cross my path. Right. Like, even, you know, different people that my husband, you know, works with, like, mm-hmm. oh, that happened to me. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm here for you if you want to talk. Like, mm-hmm. But people kept telling me, don't let that keep you from trying again. Like, whenever you're ready, no. do it again. Um, but just saying that to say, just, like, having support. And it doesn't yeah. even have to be people that you knew or somebody that you talked no. to all day or nothing no. like that. It was just, like, somebody just saying, like, hey, that happened to me. You're going to yeah. be okay. Yeah. And it could be something as simple as that two-second, you know, sentence. And he'd be like, Oh, okay. I can, you, I can you push can on another day. Exactly. And that, and I feel like that is my main purpose in life is every situation that I've gone through, you know, marriage wise, uh, children wise, career wise, entrepreneurship wise, I can say I had this experience. This is how I got through it. And I take that. I don't take it lightly. Because well, you never know who your story is going to help. You never know who your story is going to help. And then even with this podcast, I feel like me pulling Kim in, it wasn't for us to talk about just this topic. It was for us to just talk about the fact that there are so many people in your life that you just kind of overlook and you never try to develop a relationship with, but those are your people. Like we have that, that quote, that's my person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think until you actually experience things and you talk to people about things, you never know who is your person or your people. So it's like, if you're just having casual conversations about, oh, the sky is blue today, then you'll never really know people on a deeper level. Well, and I think that's what's great about this podcast because it is, we want it to be thought provoking very to talk about topics that are near and dear to us, things that we've gone through in our life, but you never know who that will reach and who that will touch. Um, so that's, I'm thankful for the platform because I, I, Thank you for pulling me in because I had wanted to share my story to help, like I said, to help someone else. Cause like, I know just how important that was mm-hmm. to me, but I didn't know exactly how to do it. I didn't really want to be just a social media post or whatever. Um, so I'm thankful, thankful for the the platform. Definitely. Um, and just kind of before we transition a bit, I will say the main thing that I can say is if you are someone that's struggling with your pregnancy journey, loss, 
if you had a successful pregnancy and you're struggling post mother postpartum with motherhood, what have you, just find support. If that support is people that are already around you, if that's a Facebook group, if that's therapy, whatever that looks like for you, I just encourage, encourage people to find support because life is hard. It can be very tough. And we don't ask for things that are thrown at us. Even if you thought you were ready for something and you're like, okay, this is worse than I thought it was going to be or harder than I thought it was going to be. That doesn't mean that you're a failure. That just means that you may need different support in a different way. Um, so that was one thing that I, I wanted to add in there. Yeah, that's very important. I mean, finding the resources because that's another thing. That's that's the reason why we created this podcast as well because we'll, we won't just be a talk show. We will actually be something resourceful, you know, things that we find out that can help other people. We're willing to share it. We have this thing called, you know, where people are always gatekeeping. And I never wanted to be guilty of gatekeeping. It's like, if I can find something that's going to help my people, I want to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? And I think that this podcast is going to be the introduction to a lot of things that we're planning on doing in the future. You know, just to be able to to build women, to build strong black women, uh, strong, beautiful black girls, different things like that, entrepreneurship, all of that type of stuff. You know, we want to be able to be resourceful in that manner. And I will say, if you do find yourself um, on the unfortunate end of pregnancy loss, take time to heal. I remember I felt like the world had moved on without me, so to speak. Because my body was still healing. So I couldn't right. even start to heal mentally at the same time as everyone else. Because, I mean, your, your body's still doing stuff, going through stuff. So you're like a month to two months behind everybody else. Yeah. Um, so while you're healing, after you kind of get past the point of wherever you end up, if that's where the, I need to be in therapy, I need to do this, or I, I feel like I'm finally ready to push forward. I would say wherever you are in a pregnancy journey or a family planning journey, don't let it consume you. That was something that I really worked hard on because because you think that's the one thing that you're supposed to be doing. Everybody keeps asking you. Everybody keeps pushing mm-hmm. you. You know, people are pushing you to expand your family. People, what are you waiting on to have kids? What is this? What is, you know, all these different questions. It made, it put me in the mindset that was all I would, like, I was obsessed with it. Like, I would be constantly thinking about it. And it's very, very stressful when it's not happening the way that you thought it was going to happen. And people are still in your ear poking at you. So I would say don't let it consume you. Um, I know it it is hard, but don't miss good experiences along the way. So like something people know my husband likes to do is we like to travel. So Mm -hmm. we take advantage of our trial free time right now. Exactly. Our our double income, no kids. And we, we live our lives. Um, we spend a lot of time together. We we genuinely enjoy each other's company and finding new activities to do or new places to travel or just new things to do together or even just spending time together watching a movie. Um, we decided not to let our loss and our struggles make it where it turned us against each other or made it where we couldn't even enjoy our marriage. Because at the end of the day, life and marriage is more than just having kids. It is. I'm not trying to discredit that at all. No. But we want to continue to work on our marriage and our foundation so that one day when that comes for us, there will be a good, solid relationship to create a warm and and safe environment to have a family in. So that was just one thing I wanted to add in. Like, 
whatever you're waiting on, praying for, hoping for, like when it comes, let it come and find you like living in a happy moment and living exactly. a happy life versus, you know, kind of like just think about like if all the years that we've been married and how up and down this has been for us. If we didn't do anything to enjoy our marriage, the whole 10 years, basically. It wouldn't be worth it. It just was like, I mean, what what type of marriage would we have? <laughs> and, and that's the thing that I tell people too, you know, we didn't, Glenn and I didn't get a chance to really experience the marriage life because we got married while I was pregnant with the second child. And I don't think that people talk about that enough because it's like, when you have children and your foundation is not the way that it needs to be to start a family, then, you know, it's kind of like, it puts you in a rush mode. Like you just have to figure out, okay, you got to, you got to survive. You got to survive. And so, you know, I think it helped us because now I feel like, well, dang, if we didn't, you know, if we weren't pushed to grow up, then we probably wouldn't, you know, know how to, how to survive and how to, uh, have businesses and different things like that. I feel like it motivated us because we would have gotten comfortable. And I applaud y'all all the time, you and Nick, because I'm like, y'all have y'all careers, you know, and I tell y'all to enjoy the space that you're in. Enjoy each other because when you do have children, it changes. It changes. And you have and I to... think it's healthy to acknowledge, like, yes, it changes. Not yeah. for the, not in a bad way. No. It's just that it changes and it's different. So in even though we're on that journey, we're going to enjoy the space that we're in now on the right. way to that journey. Because one day we won't be able to just, so just do pick all up the and things travel. that we're doing right. you know, now. I mean, you could do it, but it just takes a lot more effort to plan and coordinate. A lot like of more preparation. And I tell people that too, it's like, you know, with us, we, we do pick up and just go when we feel like it. But at the same time, you got to pack five bags instead of two. two. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... You have to take those things into consideration. It's like, yeah, now our marriage is where, you know, we understand each other, we're moving forward and we're doing things, but we still have to carve out that time to say, okay, children, go over here so that mom and daddy can spend time together. So it's like that people don't realize that every situation and every family dynamic has its ups and downs, you know, because when you do have children, you have to think about not just yourself, you have to think about them. And this is for 18 plus years. So, you know, you have to be mentally prepared and emotionally prepared for those type of situations when you do decide to bring a child. Because you have so many deadbeat parents out there that have children. And I know we talked about this before. It's kind of unfair that they have children and don't want them. And then you have people that are on a journey trying to have kids and they're struggling. So it's like, why? That's another question that we, we, we kind of get angry you know, and God is like, okay, you got these people over here, they have children, and then people just come in and swoop those children up and take care of them for them, and then I'm like, okay, I don't want that. I just want people to come and just say, hey, do you need a break? Or, hey, do y'all need something for the children sometime? And it's like, people don't even think about that. It's like, you, you're so caught up in, oh, y'all got three kids, and you know, y'all, you done having them now, and I'm like, they, they don't understand. Yeah. There's, there's that, comments if you have no kids, kids and you have one kid, it's like, oh, when are you gonna have another? Exactly. Then you get to two kids, like, oh, you should you, stop. Right. You get to three, three. kids, oh, you, you got, got too, too many, many now. And like, I'm so like, that's like, it just goes back to society just needs to stop. Exactly. Don't talk about anybody's family no. planning, whether it's one kid, no kids, whatever it is. Exactly. Just shut up. You don't know people. You don't know how people are feeling personally because it's like that's a personal choice when you and it's only between the people, the people creating exactly, the life <laughs> exactly and I tell people that all the time now you know I'm very 
cautious of how I approach different things now that, you know, you and I have had this conversation about things because I wasn't, I don't think that I was aware of just one question can turn somebody off and you it's can, a trigger. it's a trigger. And now that I, I have learned that I'm like, okay, everybody's not going to be like me to be like, okay, this is something that I can talk about freely because I've gone through it. I dealt with it internally. You know, it was only me and Glenn dealing with it and my mama, of course, but nobody else around us really knew what was going on. Yeah. You know, family or nobody. So it was like, I just shut myself in and just dealt with it. And so now well, and I think that's because you don't even know how to, if someone did want to help you, you don't even know what you to don't tell know, them. You, don't you, know you, what you can't saying. even think you can't, you cannot think straight. And I remember having a church member. She just came, she drove up and she was like, Hey, come outside. And I remember just laying on her chest and just bawling. And I was like, you know, it was at that moment I was like, dang, I really didn't realize how emotional I was about the situation and then how it how good it felt for somebody outside of my circle to say, hey, let me help you out. You know what I'm saying? I, I need you to get back in church. I need you to get back focused. And I think we take that for granted. It's like there are some people that are not in your family that can actually pull some stuff out of you to help you get to the next point in life. Yeah. And I will say, like, going through this journey this year, it taught me a lot about myself. Um, I definitely am a different person on the other side of the journey. Like, things that I used to accept or say or do, like, it's just I'm a whole different person. Yep. So, with a very low lower tolerance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, and that's not necessarily bad because sometimes in life you need boundaries, especially, like, planning for motherhood and things like that. You, yes. need, you need your boundaries and things like that. But... Um, we're going to start wrapping up and what we want to leave you guys with today, you know, we're not sharing this for sympathy or likes or comments. We're really sharing this to educate and hopefully help someone. And maybe if I can get one person, reach one person Mm -hmm. that normally asks people all the time what their family planning goals are. And this makes you think and provokes you to think differently Then I feel like I have succeeded. We have succeeded. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Go ahead. And I will say for anyone that is struggling, when you become okay and you feel like you want to talk about it, there is no right or wrong time. However long it takes you to feel like you want to talk about it, that's fine. But when you do feel comfortable, share your story. Mm-hmm. The more that people talk about this, the more that people let people know like you're not the only one. There's nothing wrong with you. This happens to hundreds of thousands of probably millions of people um all the time um i think the better that we as a people could be like just in society if people are just more aware and educated uh on the on the topics and educate yourself mm-hmm. it's important to not necessarily educate yourself on like the overall pregnancy and loss and what have you i'm just saying like, overall like just think twice before you say stuff to people, think twice before you assume different things. Um, and if you are someone that's struggling, find support. You can ask your doctors for support. Um, there's all types of therapy, trauma therapy that's focused specifically on pregnancy loss, miscarriages, family planning, what have you. There are a lot of support options out there now that I am thankful that exist now because I've, they probably didn't exist Um as abundantly as they do now and people need it so yeah i feel like this was good this was definitely good i feel like this is something that a lot of women will be able to 
you know, kind of just, just be able to understand that life within itself is hard, but motherhood is hard. Motherhood is hard. Getting to the journey of motherhood, yes. going through the journey of pregnancy, getting to the full delivery, and then now your baby's here, and now I have to raise you. So exactly, it is a journey. It is not something to be taken lightly wherever you are at in the journey. Um, and I, I hope that that's what the audience is left with today. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time. Bye. Bye.